The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Good evening. Welcome to the Port Adelaide power. Preview podcast for the round four match versus the Essendon Bombrays, played on Sunday afternoon at Etihad Stadium. Uh, I'm Portia, and joining me tonight is Rick, who I haven't spoken to for a couple of weeks. So, Rick, how are you? How, how's Toronto treating you? Hello. Hello. Portia. How Ooh. are you? Are you there awake? You that, was for, that, that was for Andre. I, uh, I'm borderline awake, yeah, sort of, 6.30 in the morning, sort of a hideous time, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. But sort of plugging along. Yeah. No, it's good. I was, uh, do you want to hear a story to start with? Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, so I get to Toronto. This is so Australian, right? So, um, you know, what we have to do as Australians if we go overseas, so for anyone that hasn't gone overseas, this is what we have to do. Mm. We actually have to slow down how we talk and we sort of have to talk a little bit clearer because I've learnt that... uh, we speak differently. I never realised this, and uh, I just thought we were normal, but apparently we're not normal, and people don't understand a friggin' word that we're saying unless we talk slower and actually articulate ourselves in a more traditional manner. Now, what do I mean by this is uh, uh, my great, uh, what's the word, Torontian? Maybe we should call local, to- maybe we should call local people from Toronto Raptors. Um, soon that's their basketball side, but yeah, uh, so I'm talking about I'm talking my local raptor, and uh, and I was talking about a person I know, and I said, ah, uh, yeah, that guy, he can crack the shits. And so my mate Ian's looking at me, going, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "Oh man, what's going on here? This is crazy." So uh, I said to him, "Oh, you know, he uh, he spat the dummy." And he's like. Yeah, he was looking at me really confused, like, yeah, I still don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, man, this is hard. Uh, all right, he uh, had a sookie la-la. <laughs> He's going, what? <laughs> so I had three tries, and in the end, I had to say it really boring. Um, yeah, he got angry and, and, and walked off. Oh, yeah, get that. <laughs> maybe, maybe they so didn't we get... Do- Maybe they didn't understand spit the dummy because Canadian babies are, are too polite to spit their dummies out. <laughs> uh, maybe they don't they call them pacifiers. Maybe I should have said spat the pacifier. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess. But it's amazing, like, the terms that we use in Australian culture. Uh, you know, you, you even think about footy, like specky, um, all these yeah. terms. And uh, yeah, people uh, don't get it, right? It's just unique to our culture. And uh, yeah, and we abbreviate everything. Apparently, that's what that's I've true. learned. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, except I... for beetroot. <laughs> I think it's like one of those things where people broadly are aware of like Scottish English, which is different, I suppose, because most of the time you know what the words mean, but you just can't understand what what the word is. But I think that Australian is that every word can be entirely intelligible, but the meaning is lost. It might be a bit of a difference. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're good at talking the talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to read between the lines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, Toronto's a great, great place. So if you can afford it and never get there, highly recommend it. Fantastic. 
All right, well, look, we'll kick off the, the... I bet they wouldn't know that one. I suppose they would. They've got Canadian football. Kick off. Um, kick off the podcast talking about, um, I suppose, the topic of the week. Uh, it's Sam Palpepper, so we won't make this a very long one. Uh, yeah, he's been a bit disappointing, hasn't he? Uh, Sam getting in trouble uh, for a dubious nightclub encounter in which he may have overstepped his... Uh, what he should be doing, and certainly what he should be doing as a port player out without any other players at 2am after a game. Um, and it's all over the media and it's blowing up in his face. Uh, I don't know. There's not much yeah. to say about this, is there? That <laughs> was very silly of them. Very silly. Well, the rest Well, the rest is the main part of the story. It's in your window, isn't it? You know? And uh, I mean? guess it's... Well, just what he did if, yeah. yeah it's it's just he said she said and it's probably just the the general events of a nightclub that happen on a weekly basis it's just that he's a football player um but uh yeah i guess he just shouldn't be putting himself in that environment i guess the interesting thing he, he lives with the captain so i wonder how the captain feels about this yeah that's a good question um but it, yeah i mean it might be he should he said she said but <laughs> I, I don't know like like that's 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 a separate thing to why he shouldn't be there. Like he just shouldn't be there. He should. There's the yes, what he did, and if he did it or not. Okay, that's one thing to have a a, a, um, a concern about. Um, and then the other one is why was he even putting himself in that sort of position to be um, <laughs> put in that position? Basically, why why is he out at two a.m. Uh, doing these things in in season? You know, like we're not the puritanical crows. There's not obviously a no alcohol at all for the season. I think they had that a few years ago, didn't they? Um, but, uh, mm. yeah, no, it, it's it's still really silly. And there's no doubt that the club have given them all extensive training on, you know, uh, this constitutes sexual harassment. Um, when you go out, you are representing the Port Adelaide Football Club. Um, don't go out too late. And then they've got the leadership group hammering at home as well. So it's just... He's made a sequence of bad choices to be even in a position where that event could potentially happen. And, you know, he's young. Absolutely. He's young and he's got a lot of money. These mistakes are going to ma- happen. And I think that it's pretty disappointing. But there you go. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, it could be a lot worse. So uh, well, hopefully could, yeah. he, can, he can learn from it. And, um, I mean, it's not good for the himself and the Port Adelaide brand so and I agree with you you know he shouldn't be out you know do you remember the whole um many years ago Matthew the Matthew Broadbent smoking pictures that came out it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah it's a it's, it's the same thing I mean it, it's tough I get it you know these guys that have to live in a bottle it's almost uh mm. uh yeah it's almost a cult sort of thing you stick together and you don't do much too much but at the same time, you just can't put yourself in that environment, you know. Yeah, and yeah, uh, and I'm sure he was told all of that, but at the same time, he's got free will, and uh, he used to exercise it. And I guess now he's got to pay the consequence, and so hopefully it's a learning lesson for him. But uh, who knows? He might have another issue, and this is a residual byproduct of that other problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the clubs obviously they banned him for this weekend, and that's for the team rules reason, which is the easily resolved aspect of this whole dilemma. Um, and I guess we'll find out what happens in you know weeks to come potentially. But uh, yeah, so what do you think about what do you think about Channel 7's uh, conduct in this? Happy to just go straight to press. Um, you know, do you do you think they were a little bit too heavy-handed with their uh, their process? Uh, 
Look, if I can be honest, um, any time that I have watched commercial TV, Australian TV, I am always horribly shocked by how shitty and tacky it is. So no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not surprised that Channel Seven's actions at all. Um, I think that they, uh, the nature of the Australian media is absolutely something that every Port Adelaide player should also be educated on, and I'm sure they are. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think the Crows, if it were, the role was reversed onto them, that the reporting would have been the same? Um, well, probably not. Probably not. Um, or at least not in South Australia, but then, you know, it's a, it's a new world these days. It's not quite like it was, you know, 20-something years ago. Um, mm. If the Victorians find out about it, you can bet my kill, they'll talk about it. So uh, that's that. Yeah. I guess the other thing, too, is that's interesting you know, on a social level is it's sort of the, uh, the hate and disdain that young girl has received, I guess, on social media from not really sure. certain sectors. Yeah, no, well, that's true. It's social media, but mm. I guess we need to be care- we need to be careful for her and also for him, you yeah, know, with our yeah. views and opinions. Because, I mean, she obviously felt something, pardon the pun, but um, emotionally, and uh, it's not for us to judge. I guess the person and their character and stuff. She's just saying what she she experienced. Yeah, I mean, like you look at the op- okay. Let's let's just you know hypothetically say she's one hundred percent on the money just for now. Um, what's she going to do? Like, you go to the police, but then you, it's probably not going to ever end in anything. You'll get the same recriminations from general members of the public, except then you'll also have to go to court and do all sorts of horrible, annoying things. Um, or you can just say, hey, look, um, this guy was a dick. Please deal with it. Uh, uh, to his employer, which is something that has been happening, I suppose, more recently in the last few years when it comes to things like sexual harassment, though mostly related to online, where it's in text and can be proven. Um, that might be the big difference and that might be sort of why it's coming undone to some extent. But, uh, yeah, uh, what, what, what option is there for a woman who's been put in that situation to take that does not end up with them being uh, very critically inspected by everyone? I, I don't mm. think there's, there's, no, there's no pathway, there's no discrete pathway to get a resolution. So... Mm. Yeah. But I mean, it's the it's the same thing for Sam Sam Powell Pepper as it is for uh, women. I mean, and I'm not saying that it's right, but um, it's very difficult for you know, women to go to those environments and just be able to dance freely without you know, some sort of intimidation from a lot a vast section of guys. So uh, not all guys, but yeah, it's just sometimes it can be a poor environment to be in for all people. Oh yeah, hugely, so, absolutely. Especially when there's alcohol involved. But, but anyway, it's sad for Sam. He's uh, he's got a game, and uh, Port has to cope without him, and hopefully learns his lesson. Yeah, hopefully uh, everyone has them. You know, good old Jay Shorts, good old reliable Jay Shorts. If you remember, he had his drunk driving incident that uh, cost the club a sponsor and saw him suspended for a lengthy time back at Richmond. So, you know. It, it doesn't mean that who he is at 19 doesn't mean it's who he is at 25 and who he is at 30 and who he is at 40. But, you know, it's it's still disappointing that so many things went wrong to see him there in a position where he really shouldn't even be there, really, if, he, if, he's, if he's got any sense. So, eh, that's it. Let's move on. Let's talk football. Actually, let's talk top of the ladder. How good is it that we're top of the ladder? Huh? Huh? It's very good. But Only team. Should we, t- 
Should we talk about, is it McKenna or McGregor that was biting? Oh, I forget, yeah. Fight? McKenna, wasn't it? Well, you want, to talk, you want to talk about that later at selection? No, I wasn't going to talk about it at all, quite frankly. <laughs> Weren't you? No, no, I don't care. <laughs> but yeah. It's not Port. three games. But it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's our rival for this week. Yeah, I suppose. But, yeah, we've got to follow it much. He, he was his um, his dogged act will uh, maybe help continue our trend of being top of the ladder. Exactly. What do you what do you think about that? Are you are you all uh, despairing over our five point win against Brisbane, or are you happy that we won? Um, it was something that we were talking about last Thursday uh, when we were talking about you know great teams that you'll say, oh, they're looking a bit weak. You know, there's not the same experienced players as there once was, but they still seem to just hang in there. Um, you know, like Hawthorne's defence, if you look at them as individual defence, they're not all that great. Um, like, they're, you know, they're quite good, but they're not, you know, the world's elite, it doesn't feel like. But then they'd keep on doing really well. Uh, and I think that what we saw with Port against Brisbane is that, you know, we came out and we didn't play very well at all. There are a lot of individuals that played subpar football. Um, but we hung in there for the win. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think that that's just that's going to happen in any season. And the fact that we won it instead of losing it, which is something that certainly would have happened a lot of times, I guess, since Hinkley came and probably before that too. Um, yeah, no, it's good that we actually got the win. So, hooray. Yeah, and like you said, we're top and the only team top. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's all you've got to do. You know, you can work on these these things. Uh, Brisbane's got a lot of talent. Like they had what two, three, four. I don't know. They've got a bunch of really early picks in that side. A couple of them. I know they got obviously the number one pick from last year, and I forget which pick the Cluggage winner three something, um, and a bunch of other guys that you know they're not, they're not household names yet, um, and they probably a lot of them won't be. But yeah, they mm. came out, they played hard, and more importantly, when they realised they were in it. A lot of them lifted as well, which yeah, that's good for Brisbane as a team to actually have some sort of self-belief. And also it's kind of better for the competition if Brisbane has some sort of self-belief, even if they finish poorly, because where Queensland football has been for the last five years, um, it's been pretty decrepit. And uh, you'd have to think that, you know, I mean, it's not good for anyone in a league, really, just going out to Brisbane for easy wins and having a team that just completely, you know, wallows. So... Um, I guess it's kind of a best-case result for everyone in a lot of ways. Obviously, Brisbane would have loved to win, but to play the way they did, good on them. Uh, they did all right. So, yeah. I think they're going to be plucky for a, little, a few more games and then you know, a couple more losses and then you know the despair will set in and I think their performance would probably drop off like with the young players as the season goes on. But, um, yeah, they were definitely uh, definitely plucky. and uh, But it gives us a great springboard with this win. Um, you know, if we yeah. can get through the next... You know, when we started the season, these these two these two fixtures coming up, Essendon and Geelong, were looking like tough games, and they still are tough games. But um, if we can get through these two games, you know, uh, potentially being five and zip will really springboard this season. Yeah, absolutely. And and just back on Brisbane, I mean, the other thing to keep in mind about Brisbane is that they are a young team, and the thing about young players, is particularly when there's a group of them, is that I think that there's really just a much larger gap typically between their worst uh, form and their best form and that makes it kind of hard for a coach to decide okay how are we going to set up our zones or how are we going to do anything other than man on man you know um are they going to be running full out are they going to have the idea of exactly what's going on in a game or are they going to be kind of easier to push around and intimidate um 
I think that's always a bit of a challenge for a, a team that's kind of settled. You, you see every year that um, uh, young sides get a couple of wins here and there over the, the top four um, every year. Whoever they are, whoever the teams are at the bottom and whoever the teams are at the top, it happens. So, um, yeah, again, just the fact that we're hanging there for a win, uh, that's good enough. If we do it again this week, um, then there's probably some fair questions to be asked. Mm, exciting. Mm, mm. All right. Well, look, we'll talk briefly about Essendon season so far. Um, I have only seen bits of it. Um, it's not... <laughs> I don't like watching Essendon. Do you like watching Essendon? I don't really like Essendon, so... No, not, not no. really. Yeah. It, it, they're one of those teams where if they win, I don't care, and if they lose, then I, I still don't care. <laughs> it's kind of how Is they it... feel about, you know, non-Victorian teams, I think, so... Mm. It's interesting going on to the Essendon board yesterday to have a bit of a read what's going on in their preview and stuff. And, you know, a couple of supporters were like, um, you know, we suck. We're just here to make, you know, our role in the last 15 years is just to be making up the numbers. And, you know, since the early 2000 finals where Port kept knocking them off in the, in the semi-final, it's sort of been pretty much the case with Essendon really, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's interesting. Um, one of the things that when we were talking about St Kilda, I can't remember when that was, but um, I went through and looked at the, who they drafted over the previous years and I kind of realised that, you know, in, in our pre-draft discussions with Macca and myself and I think Mission, like there's not a lot of players that they've drafted that any of us really rated at all. And I feel like Essendon are quite often in a similar boat and you go, oh, cool, Essendon's drafting before us, that's fine. Um, and sometimes they come off all right, but I don't know. They just haven't, it hasn't clicked for them and that's good. <laughs> that's okay. You know, um, but the fact of father son is kind of one of their, like, uh, if you're talking about star power, um, Joe Danaher and that's a father son pick. Mm. But apart from that, I'm not sure. I mean, Heppel's good. Yeah. Heppel's genuinely good. Um, but apart from that, they're, they're okay. They're good. They're good enough. You know? They got, they got, Bre- they got Brendan Goddard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's their form over the last three games? Yes, loss, loss. Yep, win, loss, loss. So they went against the Crows at uh, Etihad Stadium, and they lost to Frio in Perth by sixteen points, and to the Bulldogs at Etihad by twenty-one points. Um, there's sort of three factors when you go through their stats across those games uh, that sort of tells you a little bit, and uh, it's, it's in line with what we've seen from Essendon in years past. Um, they're pretty important with the, the marking forwards are pretty important to them. Uh, they've got the third worst uh, inside 50s in the league, but they're the fourth best for marks inside 50. Um, and that comes to, I'm calling it unaccountable play, um, but it's probably, you could also, if you're being more charitable, you call it free running play. Um, they love to bounce, they love to run with the ball and carry, and they also don't seem to be all that concerned when the ball gets carried the other way against them. They're not super accountable in midfield, and I think they rely pretty strongly on rebound, um, and I, I think that's supportable. Uh, they've got the highest level of uncontested possession against them and the lowest level of contested possession against them, which means they're not probably putting on as much forward pressure as they uh, should be. Uh, and they're the lowest in the league for one percenters, um, which, of course, you know, that's the Dougal Howard stat, and it, it kind of says how close you're playing and um, all those little things that were related to contested possession but not quite there. Um, I think it comes down in part to the way they're defending. They're, they really are heavily structured around rebounding um, and 
Yeah, if, if, but if the ball comes in cleanly, um, it comes in cleanly and uh, it can become goals from there. Usually it's not necessarily directly in front, but it can be. Um, I think that as a whole, the team is really reliant on their midfield um, controlling or stifling um, the play and then basically making it harder for the ball to go forward. I don't think their defence is necessarily doing all that much uh, or as much as they, as they probably should be. They're relying on, a few midf- on basically midfield control. Which makes it a really bad uh, time to have your number one ruckman out, I guess. But uh, I guess we'll see how we deal with that. Um, uh, I think there's a couple of options with our ins this week in our selections. I think that can let us uh, meet a couple of different options. And I think that it's even though there's no ruckman named among our selections, I think there's a few names there that should have Essendon questioning how they're going to adjust because we can change our team quite a bit with just one of these players coming in. Um, so I think that's I think that's interesting, and I think it's a really good position for a coach to be in. Um, so we should, you, is that, that, should be good. Is, is Essendon really? Um, are they playing that sit back sort of? Yeah. Trying to sweat on a turnover, yeah. counter attacking style football. Yeah, kind of. Um, they they're hoping they're, they want the ball loose. Yeah, they want the ball loose, and they want to run it down. Um, they want to handball it as much as they can, which is probably part of why they managed to get uh, up on the Crows. The Crows aren't so great against the handballing as they're to kicking. Um, they're okay, but uh, yeah, no, that's pretty much how they're playing at the moment. So mm. Yeah. We've seen it before. So, and I guess... A lot of teams do it, uh, and it seems to be the trend this year. We've seen, what was it, the, was it the Geelong versus someone game? I think Geelong's been playing it a bit this year, just, you know, these high shootouts, and I think that they like shootouts, really. So um, Yeah. Well, yeah. We we need to uh, if that's the case we just need to use the ball well. Yeah, absolutely. Like if we can get you know vaguely clean possession in midfield, um, we'll, we'll talk, I guess we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but uh, I think that our marking forwards should be uh, a good matchup for them, and I think our defenders should be a good matchup for their forwards. So I think that it's all going to come down to if we win in midfield, we should win easily. If we don't win it in midfield, well, it's a bit closer. We'll see how it goes. Mm. Um, yeah, so the changes this week, uh, obviously it's a Sunday game, so we've got uh, only the one out for Sam Powell Pepper, who's out with idiocy, and the ins are Jared Lynott, Carl Amon, Joe Atley, Trent McKenzie, and Jake Need. Um, obviously no Ruckman in. Uh, if we're sticking to the existing template, you'd have to think Joe Atley will come in just to be that, you know, uh, centre clearance bull sort of guy. But there's other options that we can use that I think are kind of interesting. So, for example, if we bring in Jake Need for Sam Powell Pepper... Um, you should be able to count on need. Um, the one thing he does is accountability, yeah? And the fact that we've just talked mm-hmm. about how Essendon are loving having a lot of uncontested possession. I mean, this could be a really good week to bring in Jake Need, and I'm not the Jake Need fan. I, I, think, I think I'm on record for that. But I think that uh, this could be a week we could bring him in. Or we could default to an older um, scheme and just load up with another halfback when we're in trouble and bring in Carl Amon or Trent McKenzie. Um, or we could bring in Jared Lineup for his first game, which would be quite interesting. <laughs> I, I don't think that'll happen. I think it'll probably be Atley or Need. But, uh, yeah, no, we've got options. And because it's a Sunday game, it does mean we can play mind games with the Essendon selectors because uh, it, it changes our makeup. It can change our makeup significantly depending on who we bring in. We like to, um, when we pick the debutants, we like to list them on the ground so they know that they're actually playing and have the confidence of that. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, going on. Going on that, we're probably not going to pick line it, but um, no, no, yeah, not. 
you'd think, uh, unless Lionet's been selected in the case, there's a late question mark over Houston. Because um, apparently he had concussion tests last last week. He had a pretty heavy hit, I remember, in the game. So, uh, But uh, it, what's interesting is, yeah, some people have been questioning Houston's performance in the side. And, you know, if we need clean possession users, um, I'd be loath to drop him for Lionet, for example, uh, if we don't have to. Yeah, well, the, the thing about a defensive unit um, is that not every player is going to be a star every week. I, I, I know that uh, Houston didn't have a great game last week, but a, a lot of players had not great games. Um, mm. But I think he stood at his bit, and I think the defence all did their bit. I just don't see a reason to force a change at this point um, in the defence. But if he's concussed, we've got options. Back on last week, Yeah. Well, do you think do you think we were cooked? Like, because it wasn't just Dan, there was a lot of... Well, a lot of people were down, and they didn't look like they were running. They weren't trying. I think Jane has pointed out um, quite aptly, you know, the, the pressure pressure acts for the team were just down overall, especially and the defensive unit had half the effort and pressure act-wise than the week before. Um, yeah, Were they just pumped from the heat, uh, short day break, the euphoric win? Um, you know, is that a bit of a culminating factor? I think so. Um, uh, look, I mean, when it, this is this is partially why I'm saying wait till the end of this week, because we've known in previous seasons where we've just decided not to turn up, and then that's happened multiple weeks in a row. Um, but we don't know. You know, if we come out this week firing with the the slightly longer break, or I think it's an eight day gap between the games, then you know, then we'll, we'll know it probably was just that they were cooked, um, and mm. that's a, you know that happens. Uh, we did play that Sydney game. Um, that's the earliest the final's been played in season almost. <laughs> um, that, that was a very high-intensity game, so uh, you could understand that. And I believe it was quite warm in Adelaide um, against Brisbane. So um, mm. it'll be nice to get to Eddie Head after an eight-day break, I'd say, uh, particularly given Essendon smashed us last year uh, in another in a game where I don't think we were cooked. I think we were just really terrible. <laughs> so oh. uh, I think yeah. we've got a bit to make up for. If we're gonna if we're gonna talk about that game last year, um, yeah, I was in I was listening to it in the the Hong Kong airport, okay, and it was it was a disaster. Like yeah. listening to it, it was like I couldn't even bring myself to watch the replay when I could get access to the footage. Um, I think I watched like ten minutes, but um, it was that whole thing. But last year we went through periods which where we just used the ball really exactly. really poorly, and exactly. we played. Dumb football, delivering inside fifty, which was we just played in the Essendon's hands. So yeah, yeah, you know, I, I feel like we're smarter this year. I'm, so I'm hopeful that yeah, we don't replicate what happened last year. Yeah, hopefully, um, you know, if if if, the, if we can run off Brisbane as a, like a one-off, you know, with with unique circumstances for why we've played poorly, yeah, good. Okay, that would be nice. But if we again, if we come out this week and we look still a bit shit, then yeah, there's a problem. Um, and I, I guess we should also still be looking out for that. We did have what was it, the post Burgess issue as far as team fitness last time you left. Um, we have got you know obviously Ian McCown as um, Burgess's replacement. I guess that if we look cooked now, and if we, particularly if we keep looking cooked, then we'd say mm, don't know what's going on, what's going on with our fitness staff. But uh, hopefully, like I said, it's just a one game thing and I, I would withhold judgment until after this week and see how we're going. Yeah, um, and I'm with you. I think 
I think the courageous decision would be to play Mead and push Robbie. And I think Robbie's getting more of um, midfield time now anyway. It's going up. And, you know, but we can always push Chad into the midfield. But um, I don't know if we're robbing Peter to play Paul by playing for Chad in the midfield. Because... No. Look, for me, if, if we brought in Jake Need, it wouldn't be to push Wingard to midfield. It would be to push Rockcliffe to midfield um, and give him the minutes that Sam Pepper's been getting. Um, yeah, mm. just, just get, him, get him really... Because, I mean... Uh, it's nice to have him playing that role where he can go forward and play in the midfield, but I think it still it would be really good to just give him a lot of opportunity to really get touched and you know sit in sit in the middle for pretty much a whole game uh, while there's a chance, and then have Nee take his spot um, harassing the opposition defenders, which is exactly what he's good at. And I think this is a defence that would be particularly vulnerable to it. So um, we'll see how it goes. But I, well, I, I like Nee to sit in this week. Rockley's seat chart sort of showed that he played on one wing and that was about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm with I'm with you. Um, I'd be happy to rock with to, to play just that full time midfield role. He's, he's had three games, so his conditioning should be up, and uh, that's what he's been known for as a great player. So uh, yeah, it's and almost. It's, and it's not to say that we do yeah. it every week, but while SPP is not there, it's a really good time just to get him that touch that he, he probably needs to build even build more confidence and. I guess understand the machine a bit better. Um, so I, I, I would be pretty keen on seeing that this week. Um, so as much as I like Joe Atley, um, it's Jake Needin for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, had a couple of comments on Spreaker Chat. Um, interesting ones, tough ones. Let's go with Ian's first. Um, are we happy with our centre clearance work this year, regardless of having a Ruckman or not? And will we beat Essendon in the clearances? Hmm. Mm. Uh. I, I mean, look, I give it a. I thought the second half against Sydney was very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought the first half we were poor. Um, it was like our aggression notch went up in the Sydney game. Uh, yeah. I guess Brisbane's an anomaly, so it's hard to assess other than just saying we were poor. And Frio, I don't think at the centre clearances we were great. Around the ground we were okay, but set of clearances I didn't think were great so I guess saying that I'd probably give us a five and a half out of ten yeah no that's fair look I mean I think that anyone that remembers seeing Port Adelaide when we had you know the the great rucks of Primus and Laid and all that and just absolutely palming it to midfielders every single time um I think that that's forever distorted my vision of what is good center clearance work um and what is good clearance yeah. work in general um and particularly when there's not, a, you know, an All-Australian Ruckman in the middle. Uh, I don't know. I think that, yeah, we've got a problem, but there's a pretty clear reason in my mind why we're having a problem to the extent that we have had with the rider out. You know, that's kind of obvious, really. Um, mm. Whether you could say, oh, we should be doing more to, to, to cope with that. Well, yeah, maybe. Um, but how much can you do? I don't know. Like, Stefan Martin had a day out against us, and that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen to an AFL side. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Do you, do you think that um, my calls about uh, we were sort of stubborn last week and didn't play Dixon in the rough enough were true? Um, because I mean, he was very influential in the Sydney game, mm. and in the last in the last three minutes against Brisbane, when he did finally get into the ruck, he uh, exerted an influence again and um, and really nullified the stoppages. Not necessarily won them, but at least nullified them. Um, I think that really hurt us. 
but maybe he was tanked as well and didn't have the capacity to play right for an extended period of time last week. Yeah, well, it might be. And I guess it's one of those things about players is we also don't know what their injury history is to the greatest extent. Like, we know when it makes them miss a week and we get a general area of, like, oh, it's a knee, oh, it's a hamstring, or blah, blah, blah. But um, we know that since he came to port, like, Dixon didn't want to ruck. Um, and I'm not saying he's being petulant, but it might be something like, you know, maybe he's got uh, a tendency to shin splints or something like that. Maybe he just doesn't cope well with the, the impact of the landing all the time. Because, uh, you know, when he when he's running and marking, it's a bit different as opposed to jumping to the highest point to take the tap. So maybe it's just to know that there that he's good at it for bursts, but there's no way he can do it on a regular basis. And, you know, that's not un- unreasonable. Um, but also, teams have seen him do it before, yeah? Uh, if Brisbane coming into this game they absolutely would have been watching the footage of how we played against Sydney uh, we showed a few tricks I guess in that game and that's the way it is you know you show a few tricks to beat a good side and then the other sides look at it and go aha what are we going to do about that so mm. Mm. Uh, and Interstater has asked did Brisbane work out our 2018 tactics no I don't think so no I don't think so I, I think yeah, they I played think chaos they... ball uh, and that threw us off they played well and we played poorly, and yeah. credit to them. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right, well, look, we'll talk briefly about Essendon. Um, so they've made a few changes. Um, there's one newly in player, and it looks like he's going to be the in for, whatchamacallit, McGregor or um, Not McGregor, you told me McGregor, it's not McGregor. Uh, McGregor. Oh, McGregor. Yeah, you, yeah. Calling, you, called him, you called him McGregor in your email today as well, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, trying so to, Matt, I'm trying to mess up. Now, Matt Guelphie's in. He was drafted last year. I think he was drafted as a 20-year-old. He's one of the guys that Macca, uh, I think back in 2016, he was thinking, oh, yeah, he could be all right. Um, he was drafted pretty late, and I think he'll just... He's, I think he's probably just in there to be, you know, fairly... I don't know if he's necessarily accountable, but, you know, just a good, solid midfielder that they can name for a week, and hopefully he'll put up some numbers for them. Um, that would be what they're thinking, I would imagine. Uh the ruck situation, it's going to be Tom Bill Chambers versus who? Who, who is Tom Bill Chambers going to be up against this week, Rick? Jake Mead. Yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you'd, have to, you'd have to go, uh, they're going to just go with West Off, I'd say, primarily. Um, you would. You know, you'd think so. I mean, I, the thing I don't get is, like, you know, West Off loves playing that floating role. I mean, that's what he should... That's really that, that Ruckman role anyway, isn't it? You know, it's just outside of the stoppage. Um, mm. you know, he gets to float, float around and be that loose man in defence or whatever and, and read the play. Um, I just hope we do. Well, uh, Bill Chambers sounds like he's in poor form, so hopefully we don't run him into form and he kicks another five goals like he did last year again. Yeah, I forget. But, um, yeah, look, I, I guess you could say... Westhoff should play. Um, I don't think this is going to be a week when we bring Dougal Howard or any of the defenders up to, to do it uh, because, you know, Essendon have got a couple of tall forwards and they need to be paid attention to. Like, they've named all of uh, all of Joe Danaher, Cal Hooker and James Stewart on the field. Um, you know, we've got to respect that to some extent. <laughs> so uh, I think they're all our... Uh, uh, I think Dougal will be busy uh, all game, no matter what. So well, it's Hooker had Sorry? Hooker had a field day against Hooker had a field day against us last year too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it's going to have to be Westhoff, really. Um, I don't know who else that we're going to make do it. 
um, maybe Marshall. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, look, it, it, honestly, honestly, if let, let's be honest, if you put Marshall in ruck, I think he'd do all right. I don't think he'd do great, and I think that he would not necessarily be great at the tap. But as soon as that ball hit the ground, you'd know he'd do something with it. So yeah. I could see him getting a spurt in there, but certainly not all game. I think it would probably be looking at West Off mostly again. But I, I think that he is a player that could be thrown in as the off-ruck in these bizarre and dire circumstances. Um, well, he does have a uh, a good leap. He um, does. So, he does. So maybe as a centre-square ruckman. He, yeah, that's um, more what I mean, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, 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 correct. And and I guess if you go back to Dixon, that's why, you know, Dixon shouldn't be too bad, like, at the outside of the centre square because there's no real mm. running and jumping. It's just sort of positional and using your body strength. So, um, yeah. yeah, so, but who knows? I guess, yeah, it's going to be a licorice all sorts and unless we're getting smashed and the defensive unit's getting torn apart, um, you think two will be playing defence unless that happens, and then they probably just take care and go, okay, get, get two in there. Yeah, maybe, but uh, I'm still inclined to say that it's probably going to be Westhoff. But if Marshall was in there, I would not be shocked. He's got the height for it. Yep. He's got the he's got the leap for it, and more importantly, he's got that 19 year old brain to, that thinks really fast. And he's got really good hands, so you know why 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 not? Why would you not give him a try? Um, when you what about our mate? What about our mate Mish? Are you... He suggested yesterday that um, Marshall uh, get dropped this game. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure why. I mean, I guess, look, one of Mish's things uh, is that if you don't produce consistently, he's not such a fan. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a fan of Marshall, but that, yeah, Marshall's output, apart from a few cool little things here and there, has not been what you'd necessarily expect of a mature um Guy in the position he's in, and with the opportunities to be in, uh, be taken advantage of that he's had, um, I, I can see the the theory there, but I just don't. I think that what he's done has come at such important guy times in the pace of the games that he's been playing in. I just don't think he gets dropped at this point because it has been, you know, at these sort of like taking the lead back or you know not getting. Pl- Knocked behind, or you're really piling on really important tempo times that he's stepped up. So um, I don't I think, think, I think, I it think was, for that reason he I doesn't think, get dropped. I think it was more around his lack of ability, clunking a mark of recent times, and yeah, to get yeah. some confidence back in the reserves to clunk those marks and then come back in and which I can see he has dropped a few easy ones. So, um, but he has. I think he's out way back with his influence, and I'm with you. I think he's made an impact at the right times, and he's done those little one percenters that have also mm-hmm. created something at the right time as well. And uh, yeah, and he's faster. If he was slow, I'd be with him, but because he's got that speed, he can play, you know, with the speed of a, a small player. Um, yeah. I think that gives us that flexibility to keep him at the side. And, and look, we're playing at Eddie Head this week, which is great for fast. Speedy you know, for speedy marking ruck, uh, speedy marking forward. I would have thought uh, this is kind of if you're looking at an ideal ground to play Todd Marshall. Like this is pretty close to it, so um, I, I don't see him getting yeah. up this week. Um, okay, talking about Essendon's midfield. Um, look, they're still okay. Uh, Zach Merritt's been their most productive midfielder. Interesting on the stat on the sheet. Jake Stringer's been named in the middle. On, what do you think about Jake Stringer? <laughs> what do you think about him? 
I don't, I don't know enough about him, really, no, to be no. honest. He seems, for me, Jake Stringer has always been a player that's talked about a lot, but then I've never really been all that amazed by him whenever I've sat down and watched him play. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, they've got a good amount of, good bit of contested play um, in midfield. Devin Smith's been pretty good since coming over. Um, Apple's good. Uh, there's certainly a midfield that we need to pay attention to. If we had Paddy Ryder, um, you'd think we had an edge, but because we don't, then you know it's going to be an interesting matchup to see how we go. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see if we lift. Hopefully, we do. Uh, well, they got good, they're good names on paper, aren't they? On paper, yes, absolutely. Um, there is some thought that I guess that we might be a, a bit one pace. It was a discussion last year. I remember when we were talking about post trade period. Do we have a lot of midfielders that aren't necessarily blisteringly fast? Um, and I think that part of why Motlop stood out so much this year is that he is clearly an exception since coming over. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't know whether we can be have advantage taken of us there. I, I don't think so. I think that we should be able to break even in midfield, hopefully. Um, and well, then it comes. Well, Tom Barry's Tom Barry's pretty quick too. So uh, uh... I'm I'm just quietly I'm just slightly going off Don Barry unless he has a good game this week. Um. Based on last week? Yeah, and the week before. Um, I, I think that he's... Mm. Like, the, missing that goal that he missed, you know, it's, it just reminded me a lot of Chris Nash um, <laughs> back back years and years and years ago. Like, we got Chris Nash over from Richmond. And I remember, I think it was Russell Ebert talking about it and saying, oh, you know, these are the ones that we got him over for and he misses them. And it's sort of like Don Barry's here. They had a couple of really, you know, not necessarily... 100%, you know, standing on the goal square shots at goal, but the ones he's, the chances he's had, he hasn't taken. And then he hasn't done mm. enough, in my mind, apart from that, to, he'd be on the edge. He'd be on the edge this week for me. If he doesn't, if he doesn't produce something in terms of scoring power or in terms of just, you know, really getting a lot of the pill or, or really shutting down an opponent like massively, then I, I'm beginning to wonder what his place in the side is, particularly if mm. Jake Need comes in and plays fairly well. I, I think they're competing for the same spot, so. Um, now I'm with you there. Yeah. I, I felt sort of similar with Don Barry, so uh, it seemed like he's getting a little bit lost. Mm. Um, so, uh, but you know, the SCG can be a tough ground to play, and uh, and maybe he was just and maybe he was just one of those cooked players last week from from five hot games in a row. Yeah. Who knows? We'll soon see. I mean, that's why this, as we go back to the beginning of what we were saying, this this game really is a, a tipping point game. Mm, mm. To, sh- to show us how different we are this season from last season. Yeah, this is a hugely important game for Port Adelaide in 2018. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, very, very important. <laughs> uh, mm. And well, as I said, we'll, well, there's a lot of things we'll learn this week, I guess, from however we go. Uh, are you going? I think so. I'm not sure. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I should be I'll going. Be able to watch. I should be there, but... I'll be in a reasonable time. I'll be in a reasonable time zone. I'll be watching it at ten o'clock. Hey, isn't that, good work! Isn't that? Isn't nice, that cool? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! You can even have a beer or so. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I right. got your permission to have a have a beer. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, so, permission granted. Overall, um, yeah, the midfield can be a concern, but I guess. Centre clearance. If we're winning or losing centre clearances, just quickly on their midfield, it probably isn't as bad because we'll have our defensive defensive structure yes in yes. place from the centre clearance. So the risk is if their midfield's on top in general play, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's it. That's it. Um, we heard a couple of comments on the Spreaker chat uh, contradicting my theory and your theory, I suppose. Or th- I think you agreed with it, that we should have Jake Need in. Um, Solstar says Amon in for SPP and Interstate reckons Amon might be coming in for midfield pace. Um, I don't disagree. I think it's possible. Um, I do think that... Uh, I mean, I haven't seen him in the Magpies, but for me, the concern I will have with Amon until he proves it, it's not something to be concerned about... Um, we talked already about how Essendon is very keen on getting the ball delivered uh, under pressure to them so they can just sort of scoop it up and then go on the rebound. Um, Amon is a guy that does turn it over a bit. Um, you know, and with MPA to the side, he's he goes up in the ranks of guys that are known to turn it over a bit. Um, obviously, I think MP played terribly for Hawthorne last week. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Again, because we're thinking of ourselves as a pretty good side right now, yeah, well, he's got to show that he can do, um, he can deliver consistently um, and not have brain fades. So maybe aim on in, but it, I don't think... Uh, my view is not the best choice to bring in it this week. What is um, it about when you play for Hawthorne, they just automatically start talking you up, regardless of how you play? It's just crazy. But yeah, I'm with you on the MP thing, but uh, and I'm with you with the aim on thing. I'm... I'm not convinced on Amon. Um, I know Macca loves him, but yeah, I reckon he burns the ball. He seems to have this innate ability to kick it out on the fall just because he can um, too often. And I don't know if he just has overconfidence in himself and being able to spot the target close to the line and takes it too close to the line, but he seems to kick it out on the fall more than what he should. And uh, I don't know. I just don't see it with him, to be honest. And For me, I like Amon. But for, uh, I think I feel that the standard has raised, and so I need I need to, I want to see proof that he's raised with it before I'm, that, that's yeah. all that's happened. I don't think I'm not saying he's changed. He might not have changed, but he might have changed. He might be better this year as well. We haven't really seen a lot of him. Um, mm. So if he comes in, I hope he does really well, uh, and I certainly think he's capable of it. But um, on past form, you know, he can be a bit erratic, and this is exactly the sort of team where it's like, yeah, maybe not. Don't know. Um, I'm looking of, forward. Sorry. Yeah, there I was going to say I'm just I'm looking forward to winter because I'd like to see what um, Jack Trengove could contribute. But I think at the faster time of the year, he might be hard pressed to get an opportunity. Nah, he's not going to get in. Um, Essendon forwards. So Joe Danaher, Cal Hooker, James Stewart. We talked briefly um, already about how they, you know, they've actually got a few key forwards in this side. Um, which I think is a good matchup for our guys. Um, you'd have to think probably how well, I don't know. I don't know how it would match up. Um, how would Danaher? You'd maybe say I don't know. I guess because he's got a pretty good lead and he's got a bit of a leap on him. Um, and then probably oh, Hooker for Jonas, and then Stewart. Um, would you go? Uh, would you go? Would you go Hooker, Cleary, Howard, yeah. Danaher? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a bit better, isn't it? Yeah, and then Stuart Jonas. That's how I would do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I think Danaher Howard is another Buddy Franklin type style sort of matchup. Mm. You know, with the height, you know, just match him. And I think, and this is where playing these kids on the best, you know, they learn so much. And I mean, but no offense to Danaher, but he's going to be a step down to Buddy. So you'd think that uh, Howard, you know, should would have learned a lot against Buddy that he'll be able to take playing against Danaher. Yeah, yeah. 
Look, I mean, I think you look at this forward line and I think it's the sort of forward line that our defence should match up against really well. Um, so hopefully that'll get us the win. And just moving along as well to the Essendon defence. We've already talked again about them a little bit. The Hurley's their main rebounder. It does seem to me like they're relying a lot on um, pressure upfield, getting the ball to them. Um, and then they sort of bring it back. But again, I, I think our forwards are all right. And I think that uh, with need in, hopefully, uh, I think that that'll just add a little bit extra bit of uh, our own forward pressure. And I think that if we can get that happening, it'll be very hard for us to clear out a defence, which is, that's the situation we need to create. We need to create um, difficulty for Essendon clearing out of their defensive 50. And if we can do that, then we're definitely going to win. So accountability is going to be the watchword this week. It's about really holding those um, running players accountable and just not giving them an inch. So it'll be interesting to see if we can do it. Hopefully so. Um, Any thoughts on the Essendon defence? I don't really know much about them, but uh, okay. Yeah, I'm with you. We want to. We need to lock it in, and I think yeah. we need to. I think we need to really spot our targets. Um, yes, use the okay. ball a lot better. You know, get that ball to that 70, 80 meter mark, and mm. then really deliver some nice strong passes uh, into our forwards. Yeah, and and look, that's the thing with Essendon is that I mean, so far this year they have got a history of giving the opposition a bit of time to uh, line up their shots. So. Hopefully that slightly reduced pressure will make it so that we can actually spot up targets and hit them properly. Um, the game in general, should we be concerned about John Worsfold? Um, he's got one win and two losses against Ken Hinckley, but that one win last, last year when we played terribly. I don't think we should be too concerned. Um, and as for psychological advantage, I mean, we're top of the ladder right now, so we should have all the psychological advantage until we are no longer top of the ladder, quite frankly. What do you think? Yeah, I think so, and I think, you know, gauging what their their supporters are like um, or respect to them, they're not very confident whatsoever, which mm. sort of illustrates to me that Essendon aren't playing very well at all. So, um, no, yeah. No, the Bulldogs I, last week. Yeah, that says it all really, doesn't it? So, yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm confident without being arrogant about this game. Okay. All right. Now, do you want to pick out a couple of questions from Bigfooty, Rick? I can. Jeez, what time is it? Jeez, with that time already. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that's All why right. I'm hurrying us along a little bit so we can actually answer a couple of questions because I believe you did ask for them. So. Okay. How do we destroy the Bombers and Seven News Adelaide? I don't think we do, do we? <laughs> well, we can't do much. Well, we just have to behave ourselves for Seven News Adelaide and that will destroy them. Yeah, and I think, yeah. I think, I think we said uh, to destroy the bombers, we have to use the ball well and uh, hold it well. We have to use the ball well, and we have to pressure them when they have it. Um, so it's going to be really important having guys aware of who they're or who they need to contest with, and then actually doing it. So it's going to be if we run hard enough, and then we take our time to line up the shots when we've got space and time to do it, um, we should win. Uh, Monkey Tunk Man asked about bringing in a Rutman. We've sort of spoken about that. Okay. Uh, do you think the Do you think the club should apply a media ban on Channel Seven Adelaide after the disgrace for way they treated SPP? I don't think the AFL would be approving of that. Yeah, no, no, I don't think that. I don't think that that's realistic. I think they're a club sponsor as well, aren't they? They're one of them. Yes. It's the, yes. The, it's the way they buy us off. <laughs> Correct. Mm. Um, Andre said, "Do you think Rick can say every 
sentence like this. Honestly, We've been I going for three hours. I think you'd get bored of doing it, frankly. I don't think you could. I don't think you could do that for an hour. No, I think once is enough, and that was painful. Um, yeah. And then we have... There's a few Channel 7 comments about punting them. Forza Port, uh, he's just commenting on Channel 7. Andre, so far this year we've beaten Sydney and Sydney along with Fremantle and Brisbane at home. All the same as 2017. What's a pass mark for this game to show we're a real contender, a contender in 18? Have a win or an honourable loss without rider in the side acceptable? For me, I'd like to see Essendon have a one goal or less quarter. I think that would be part of it because um, I think we're capable of making that happen. Um, and then just a respectable win, you know, 30 plus points at least. That would be my pass mark. <laughs> Um, you haven't asked the question yet, but oh. um, one one great club asked last week on previewing the Lions. Porsche was really bullish about our current squad. Yeah, still any am. Concern, any concerns creeping in from what you observed on Saturday, or do you think we just had an off day? Um, I think we had an off day, and the only concern I have is just a really obvious one, which is that we don't have a second ruckman to Paddy Ryder that we will play. So that that's all. Um, I think that's. I do think that explains a fair bit, and we've talked about. I guess in this podcast, you know, guys that are probably a little bit on the outer if they don't pull their finger out and really lift. So, uh, hmm. do you think pull their finger out is one of those uh, sayings that Canadians don't understand? I'll have to. Uh, I'll have, if I remember, I'll have to pull that one out and yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, see what they say. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I haven't. I haven't used that one. Okay, um, but. But yeah, that's that's about it. Except for uh, is it Gremino Power just put in? Uh, can we say that Tom, Sam, and Barry are locked onto the bench? If so, who are the other two flying to Melbourne? I think Nita McKenzie, who gets last in the change spot. We sort of answered that. We reckon it's going to be um, what's his name? Need. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, that's it for Big Footy Podcast. Oh, hey, what did you think of Daniel? What did you think of Daniel Norton? Yeah, he did real well. It was good, nice and cash. I think he out casual yeah. Keith in that one. It was good work. Yeah, he's not bad for a rookie, is he? Yeah, yeah, he did all right. Did good. He done good. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll, good we'll do the we'll do the final wrap. So, winning side and your winning margin. But you haven't asked me the question. What was the question? Is Port still a premiership side? Yeah, of course. No, but you haven't asked me. Oh, well, I'm not up to that yet. Oh, okay. I thought you'd do that at the beginning. (laughs) No, no, winning side and margin, we get to it. Okay. Refer to the run sheet, Rick. That's why I send it to you every week. Yeah, but I'm on the phone, so I haven't got the run sheet open. Okay. Just, just in that case, just let me let me run it. So, the winning side and margin, Rick. We'll start there. Port, Port Adelaide. Oh, I'm getting Porsche grumpy. Port Adelaide by, <laughs> by 33 points. Okay, I'm going to say Port by 50. Um, highest goal kicker for Port Adelaide? Oh, yeah. uh, highest goal kicker for Port Adelaide. I'm going to say Marshall with four goals. I'm going to say Robbie Gray with Actually, four goals. Did you see that at the moment? He's in the top He's 10th or something. Oh, top 51? He's in the top... 50 player ratings of the AFL. Him oh. and Ollie, Ollie Wines, 
Ollie Wines is 37. He's our top-ranked player. And then uh, Marshall was the next one at 43. Wow, that's not bad. I, I did see, I, I'm pretty sure, unless it changed on the Sunday, that he was equal 10th in the Coleman, so that's all right. Um, yeah. He was certainly the youngest guy in that group. So that's uh, hopefully he can kick a bag this week, but um, I'm going to back Robbie Gray. Although I think Chad Wingard, he's anytime we lose badly to a team, I think the next time... I don't know, mentally, I haven't got a stat for it, but mentally I think that Chad Wingard lifts and really tries to perform well the next time we play that team. So it might be Chad Wingard, but I've said Robbie Gray. Um, which fringe yeah. player is going to lock up a spot for next week? So who's going to play... Who's on the fringe that's going to be like, nah, I'm good, I'm staying in? Well, who's on the fringe? Yeah. Uh, I'd have to... I'd have to I'm going to say Don Barry. We've yeah. questioned him. I think he's going to... I think he's going to have like a 22-possession influential hard-running game. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and particularly at Eddie Had, um, and particularly against the team we're up against, you know. Um, I don't I don't think that there's anything incompatible about his game going up against Essendon. Um, and, you know, the fast track should help him out. So uh, he's got every opportunity to consolidate his spot in the 22. So uh, I guess we'll see if he actually does it or not. I think he should. But if he doesn't, I'm making the finger across the throat noise. You can't say it, sorry. <laughs> Rick, are we going to win you the premiership were. this year? Of course we are. We're three and naught, and we're on top of the ladder. But exactly people, right. People, people need to chill out. We've still got we've got the best list in the competition, and we we're winning. We're undefeated, so uh, I'm extremely confident. Yep, me too. Um, and are there any other games you're looking forward to? Uh, it looks like a bit of a vanilla round. Yeah, to be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's a lot. It's a lot of the top teams versus the bottom teams, and yeah. So I don't think there's, um, yeah. Well, there's not much that's really setting the world on fire for me. I, no. I can't see many upsets, and I guess that's what makes this game so important. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. I think we'll we'll come back to the field if we uh, if we lose this game because Absolutely. yeah, I can I can see all those top eight teams winning. Yep. Yep. Although the one that now I think about it, having talked them up a little bit, it will be interesting to see Richmond versus Brisbane just to see, just to see, just to see if Brisbane are able to back up what they did last week, if they've got a bit of confidence out of it. Um, Dane Beams is back, so that would help them. And he's in his 150th game against Richmond in Melbourne. Oh, it'd be interesting to see that one. I reckon that if I was going to tip a wild upset, like, you know, put on a, what, if you'd probably have to be 10 to 1 at least, um, oh, 20 to 1 maybe. I'm cool. I'm calling a smashing. Yeah, look, that's the most likely result, but there's always the possibility, you know. I'm, I'm nah. still not going to... Even though, like, there's a part of my brain that will not admit that Richmond are the reigning premiers. So I'm, I'm always... I think I'm always, always going to suspect Richmond are capable of being Richmond, um, in my mind, yeah. which, which means losing or letting guys uh, teams get closer than they really, really should. So, uh, I don't know. Brisbane's, Brisbane's going to be deflated after a close loss. and I uh, think you're right, but... Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe not. Yeah, but it would be it would be nice to see Richmond lose to Brisbane. Honestly, even just to see Richmond sweat to Brisbane would be interesting. So, uh, mm, mm. yeah. Well, everyone else has so far. So yeah, yeah. All right. Well, look, I think we're done. So thank you very much, Rick, for waking up, and Pleasure. I hope I hope you enjoy watching the game this weekend at uh, ten o'clock Toronto time. Um, no, it'll be Chicago time. Oh, Chicago! Oh, very good. Excellent. Oh. Yeah. We're off, to, oh. we're off to Chicago on Friday. So you got to find a sports bar? 
No, I've got I've got the uh, Watch AFL subscription. Oh, okay. So they'd, they'd, they'd have to, I mean, Chicago is big enough. There'd have to be a place where Australians go to watch AFL. Yeah, I don't. I have no if idea. You can't be bothered. Um, I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm just suggesting that if you wanted to have a Chicago experience, I'd have to say watching sports with Chicagoans would not be a bad idea. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I've sort of been educating. Americans and Canadians as we go along to football. So, um, oh, very good. Yeah. Very good. So it's like the so, touring. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. So I can. I've got. I've got three little Americans that are converted to the power now. So uh, uh, excellent, excellent, very good. Yeah, awesome. All righty. So we'll All see right. you from Chicago next week. Yeah, fantastic. Um, back, try to the a, dish. back to a fire. Have a Chicago hot dog. What else do they have there? Um, oh yeah, vegetarian hot dog. I don't know, probably. I, I mean, I imagine they would. Can, they make a big deal out of it. I can say, look, if we've got a couple of minutes to waffle on, it's the end. People can shut off if they want. But, yeah, sure. Um, Toronto's food is amazing, I've got to say. Their food culture here is great. I haven't had a bad meal. It is, um, and, uh, you know, outside of the cold, um, mm. to- Toronto is a five million uh, city, populated yeah. city, but it doesn't have the. I feel like Adelaide has more dense foot traffic um, than Toronto. And, and the but the guy that I, I've been staying with, a friend of mine, was saying that they've got the city's connected underground, like so you can walk yeah. from one side of the city to the other underground. And I guess you sort of need to if it's going to be negative thirty. Um, but yeah, it's a really nice city, and I think it's a city, you know, especially for Adelaideans, which are used to a more quiet small town could mm. tolerate because it, it's not that hectic and hustle and bustle. And, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. But as a tourist, I'm a pretty bad tourist because I like to go and socialise and chat to people more so than look at monuments and pretty things and stuff. But, uh, Fair enough. And, and the Great Lakes are uh, amazing. Have you, do you know much about the Great Lakes? Yeah, I've been so, to Chicago, yeah. so I know a bit. But, um... Yeah. But, so yeah, no, it's, it's interesting in North America about the underground thing because I know they've got the underground in Houston, which is the opposite extreme. It's just horribly hot, so you want to be air-conditioned. And I know they've got the skyways mm. in Minneapolis. Um, mm. It just seems to be a North American thing that we just don't do in Australia anywhere. So, eh, whatever. <laughs> Maybe we will as it keeps getting hotter. But uh, So yeah, what do I need to do in Chicago, seeing you, you're a local there? <laughs> Hardly. Um, go to the Art Institute. It's really good. And um, yeah. if it, yeah, it's real. It, look, honestly, the first time I was in Chicago was in the 90s and I was astounded because we walked past the art gallery and there were people queuing outside and it's like, wow, people queuing at a museum. Like, where does that happen in the world? Because certainly I've never seen it happen in Adelaide. Um, uh, no, uh, a lot of nice things going on there. Um, I don't think it's... The architecture is interesting. I liked the John Hancock Tower. Um, I don't know if there's any Chicago architecture biennial stuff going on. I don't know if that's started yet. That uh, I don't know when that is exactly. I don't know. I know that's something mm. that happens there. But there's lots of good things to do and see and all that stuff. Um, and deep, deep pan pizza. Yeah. I don't like that, but, you know, you might. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Car- carb me up. I reckon I've put on about three kilos in three weeks <laughs> since I've been here. So uh, oh, well, it is why not? <laughs> what, let's go for a few more carbs. Why not? And uh, <laughs> but yeah, all good. I'll I'll, I'll fill you in next week when uh, I've experienced. 
yeah. better than Niagara Falls in the end. Didn't get there. Oh, no, it's oh. it's a bit. Net. It's an hour and a half away, and uh, oh, uh, oh. my my. My mate, no, I'm sorry. My mate that was sta- that I was staying with, he uh, he he was like, it's not that good, Rick. You know, it's just water running over a cliff, and it's very touristy. So um, you're yeah, a tourist. So, I know, <laughs> but uh, oh, look, we just ran tight. We ran tight a time. So okay. the All tourist right. thing, the, the tourist thing today is the yoga conference. So uh, nice. off to yoga. Nice, fantastic, yeah. awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. Ciao, ciao. Yeah. yeah. See you later. Uh, our Chicago correspondent. Yes. <laughs> Can't power. Can't for Power. Power. Yeah. Good work. Carlisle sends it long. Modlock just on and takes the mark. He can give Port Adelaide the lead. Hamstring hurt. Plays on. Sends it high. Goal square. Long. McVeigh gets back. Port Adelaide in front. The magic man of all people. He had 